The previous two Mishnahis compared a person who is Tomimid Eiraisa and a person who is Tomimid Rabbonon as far as the purity which is required for Karbonis and Truma is concerned. This Mishnah says that Kolaton Biasmayim, any person who requires immersion in a mikveh, a collection of natural rainwater in order for him to be purified, whether he is Tomei Mid'Eiraisa, according to the Torah, or Mid'Rabonon, Metame es Mechatos, he would make Mechatos impure, the es Eferchatos, or the ashes of the Pora Aduma, the es Hamazah Mechatos, or the person who is supposed to sprinkle the Pora Aduma ashes onto somebody, he would make them impure. And this is Bemaga over Masla, whether he touches those items or even if he just carries them without touching. And the Mishnah is even talking about a case where the person went to the mikveh. He did purify himself in the mikveh. However, when he did so, he did not have the specific intention that he should be pure even in terms of the Para'aduma. And because of that, he is still considered to be Tomei as far as the Para'aduma is concerned. Now, the way that the Paraduma solution, the, the Mechatos, is sprinkled on a person who is Tomei or an item that is Tomei is by using an Azov, which is possibly some type of hyssop or similar herb. He would dip that into the Mechatos and then sprinkle it towards the item that is impure. Now, Azov essentially is a food. And the law is with regards to food that it can become Tomei only once it has become wet. It doesn't need to be wet when it becomes Tomei, but it must be that it has become wet at least in, at some point in, it, in its past. And the Mishnah says, so Ezov HaMuchshar, Ezov that has become fit to become Tomei, it became wet. The Hamayim She'en and as well as the water before the ashes of the Paraduma have been added to it. Uchli Reik Matar and Chatos, and a pure utensil that is pure even for the sake of the Paraduma, because it was protected from impurity with that intention in mind. All of these items are required, that they're necessary for the procedure of the Paraduma, but they are not the Mechatos itself. Nevertheless, according to the first opinion, if a person who was Tomei, either Midraisa or Midrabanon, and he, even if he went to the mikveh, but he did not have the intention to be purified for the sake of the Paraduma, the identical law applies that Bamagovamasa, whether he touches or carries any of these items, he will make them Tomei. That's the opinion of a mayor. But the Chachom say that since these are not the Mechatos itself, the Maga, only if he touches them, will he make them Tomei in terms of the Paraduma, but not if he only just carries them. The remaining Mishnais of this period, this chapter, talk about the requirement to use Azov, which we're going to understand is hyssop, that herb, to sprinkle the Paraduma solution, the Mechatos, onto the person or item that is Tomei. Any Azov that has a substitute name or a nickname or a different description is invalid for use of the Azov which is required by the Torah in this case. Since the Torah always refers to the Azov without adding any other name or description, we learn from there that it must be the regular Azov that is known as the Azov and not anything else. Such that Azov Zeh, when somebody identifies it, he calls it this Azov, so then kosher would be valid. But if it is the herb that is known as Azov Yoin, or Azov Koichali, Azov Romi, Azov Midbori, 
It's known as the Blue Azov, or the Roman Azov, the Desert Azov. So since the way that people refer to it is always by adding on a small description, so this is not the classic Azov that the Torah refers to, and therefore possible it is invalid for this purpose. We shall truma to possible. If the Azov was truma and it was impure, then it's also invalid. The truth is, any Azov which is tome is invalid for this purpose. And this is learned from Pesukim. The reason why the Mishnah talks about Truma is only as an introduction to the next part of the Mishnah, Vashel Tahira, if pure Azov, that is Truma, was used. So firstly, the Mishnah says that ideally lo one should not use it to sprinkle the Mechatos onto the person or item that's being purified, because there's a concern that if it is used repeatedly, then it will ruin the Truma and it will cause it damage, and it's forbidden to destroy or cause damage to pure truma. However, since that's the only concern, the imhizah, if he did use it for sprinkling the paraduma solution, so once he has done so, kosher, it would be a valid sprinkling. Continues the Mishnah. In Mazin, lobi yonkois, lobi tomorrows, one cannot use very young, immature azov that hasn't grown fully or Azov that is still in its early stages of growth, such that there are berries growing from it, one can't use that Azov in order to sprinkle the Mechatos. However, when it comes to Yonkois, which are Azov herbs that have not fully grown, but they don't have berries, with regards to that, it's actually a doubt as to whether it can be used or not. So ideally, one cannot use it, but if somebody was purified via such... Azov, it is now a doubt as to whether he is purified or not. So if he enters into the base Hamikdash, the Ein Chayovin Al Hamikdash, he would not be liable to bring a Korban Chatos. In general, that's what he needs to do if he enters the base Hamikdash by mistake when he is Tomei. But in this case, he would not bring a Korban Chatos because it could be that he was actually purified. And one does not bring a Korban Chatos out of doubt. Rabbi Eliezer, Rabbi Eliezer says, even if he was purified using the Azov that has berries growing from it, according to Rabbi Eliezer, that is also invalid only out of doubt, and therefore it could be that the person was purified in a valid way, so he would not be liable to bring a Korban Chatos after entering into the Beis Hamikdash if he was purified in that manner. And now the mission just defines Elohina Yonkais, what is the mission referring to when it says Yonkais, give Oven Shalegomlu, stalks which haven't blossomed at all, and their growth has not been completed. Mishnachis, there is another place in the Torah where we find the use of an Azov, and that is in the purification procedure of a Metzora. A Metzora is somebody who has Tzora'a, certain spots on his skin that make him impure, and once they disappear, then he needs to go through a purification procedure where a solution of different substances is also sprinkled onto him. And the Mishnah says that Azov Shehizoboy, an Azov that was used for sprinkling Pora Aduma solution, Mechatos, onto a person, Kosher L'Tarebos HaMetzaira is valid to be used to purify a Metzaira. And vice versa, it's no contradiction. There is an opinion, not the opinion of this Mishnah, there is an opinion that learns that once it's been used for one, it cannot be used for the other. Now, as you mentioned, the Azov is a food, and therefore its impurity is like food. But the truth is, Azov is sometimes used for fuel, for fuel, just like wood is used for fire, in which case it does not have the status of food. 
So the Mishnah says, if somebody gathered it and intends to use it for wood, for, for fuel, then it does not have the status of food and it cannot actually become tome. So the Nofluol of Mashkin, if liquid falls onto it, all you need to do is dry it off, and it will be valid for sprinkling the Mechatos. If you don't dry it off, then there's a problem that the liquid that is on it will mix with the mechatos, and that itself will invalidate the mechatos. But as soon as you dry that off, it would be valid. However, if he gathered it for the sake of, for, with the intention of using it as food, so then it can become tome, the nofloal of mashkin, so if liquid falls onto it, the liquid makes it tome, in terms of paraduma at least, and therefore, even if he does dry it off, possible, it would be invalid and it cannot be used for sprinkling the mechatos. What happens if originally he gathered it, he cut it off the ground with the intention of using it for the paraduma? According to Rabbi Meir, it has, it's the same as something that was cut and brought in for the sake of food. On the other hand, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Huda, and Rabbi Yosef, and Rabbi Shimon say, it's considered to be like something that was gathered for the sake of fuel. It's not a food item at all, and therefore, if it becomes wet, all that needs to be done is that it should be dried, and then it can be used for the sprinkling. The explanation of Ramirez's opinion seems to be that the regular use of Azov is for food. So unless one specifically has the intention to use it for wood, for fuel, then we view it as its regular purpose of food. Mr. Tess, Mitzas Azov, the way that the process of Azov should be carried out, and what type of Azov we are looking for, Shalosha Kalochim, one should take hold in his hand of three stems of Ezoiv, and there should be three stalks coming out of these three stems. That means three stalks all together, so one stalk for each stem. There should be three stalks coming out of each of these Ezoiv stems. And the reason why one needs three of them is because it's learned from Psukim that one needs a Gudas Ezoiv, a bundle of Ezoiv, and a bundle implies that there are at least three of them. If there is an Ezoiv that is made up of three stems, but that's how it naturally grew. It's all connected when it's attached to the ground. So ideally, he should separate the three stems from each other and then bundle them together. Because if it's naturally connected, then it's not considered to be a bundle. A bundle implies that there are three separate things that are tied together. And therefore, he needs to separate the three parts and then bundle them together, tie them up. That is what needs to be done ideally. However, if he did separate the three parts and then he held them all together, but he didn't tie them up, or if he tied it all the three parts, but he didn't separate apart the three stems, or even if he didn't separate them apart and he didn't tie it up, in all of these cases, once he has done it, it would still be valid. Now, the language that was used at the beginning of this Mishnah, mitzvah's ezoiv, the, the mitzvah of the ezoiv, implies that we're not talking about something that is totally vital, but rather, ideally, this is what should be done. It's a mitzvah to do it like this. And indeed, according to the first opinion of the Mishnah, that which we have seen until now, ideally, three stems should be used. However, only two are actually considered to be necessary. Not only that, but if originally two stems were bundled together, and then one of them came off, 
one of them separated. Since originally they were bundled together, and at the time that they were tied, it was considered to be tying up a bundle, even if one of them later on falls out, it would still be valid with the remaining stem. Rabbi Yossi says that mitzas ezo shloishakalachim, the mitzvah, what should be done ideally, is that one should use hyssop, ezoiv, or which has three stems, uvohem shloishakivoilim, and each of those, the stems all together, should have three stalks, so a stalk for each stem. So far, this is identical to the opinion of the Tanakama, the first opinion of the Mishnah. But now Yossi says that Ushiyorov Shinayim, that which needs to remain of that bundle, is at least two of the stems. One is not enough. According to the first opinion of the Mishnah, one is enough. But according to Rabiasi, if there are any less than two there, even if it happens later on, then it will already be invalid. As well as that, Vgardumov, the cut, the chopped off parts of the Azov, what happens if, as a result of using the Azov so much to sprinkle the water onto people and items, the stalks actually end up being chopped off or they get run down? until there is only a little bit of it left, who, as long as even a tiny amount of it is left, it would still be valid as long as it began larger.